Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. I like how we are now competing four steps per day. Oh, yeah. And I like how I lose every time. <laughs> that's Try. okay. That's okay because that's how you get better. You just continue to lose and don't give up. And then one day, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this, I swear. But there was a couple years ago, me and Chris were kind of in a competition with this uh, Call of Duty zombie game on our phone. It was like the the same kind of thing as what's on the Xbox. But he would like get to a certain level and like screenshot it and send it to me. And then I would do the same thing and I would like send it to him. And we were always trying to one up each other. Mm-hmm. There's one time he sent me this one where he was like super proud of like where he got. I don't know what it was. It was like level 17 or something. And uh I fucking took that screenshot and photoshopped it and made it like level like 27 or something and sent it back to him. He's like, no fucking way. And like (laughs) the next day he like spent like a ton of time trying to beat 27 just so he could beat me. And then he finally came in and told me like, Oh fucking, it was like 29 or something. And I was like, yeah, I fucking totally lied. I made that up. (laughs) So see what I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying to make you better. So and what you're saying, there. what you're saying is the screenshot you sent me, I think it was last night or the night before was Photoshop. Photoshop yeah. Yeah. Like I, I actually won. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good because it pushes me. It pushes me harder. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I just want you to yeah. do harder. You're not doing it selfishly to win. You're doing it thinking better, of me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool of you. I appreciate yeah, that, man. Yeah. You're a true friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hung out with Alex quite a bit this week. And we get to see him next week. So that's a lot of Alex. God, this is like, uh, we're just, I don't know. This is like the greatest. It's probably going to be the greatest summer of my life. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Last night we watched Stranger oh my Things. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's called Senior Year. <laughs> is that the one Have with, heard- uh, what's her name? That, uh, like, British yes. girl? Yes. No, Australian cheerleader or yeah. Australian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, not just a cheerleader, cheerleader captain. I say that because her name's rebel Wilson. Yeah. I yeah. say that because she emphasizes the fact that she's the captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, man. Anyway, that's what we watched. Uh, and it made Joanne laugh several times. And that was good because that's she, all that matters. Was, she was in a, like a funky mood and she needed something to make her laugh. She'd been hanging out with you two for too long exactly so have you seen love on a spectrum by the way no the, the new one that just came out okay stop recording right now and go watch it and then we'll record later is that one the of only- those shows like trash tv shows about loving someone who's on the spectrum yeah first of all back way the fuck up and and don't say trash because it is the most beautiful garbage uh- edited <sighs> fake bullshit andy it's all fucking trash it's ruining your life 
it's it's not a reality show. I mean, I guess it sort of is. It's about these. There's producers putting shit together to make it. A, a, it's not real. Hey, good, good, it's, good. It's not Whatever. real. Okay. You never know what's coming. It all starts with the screen, and whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. To find out more, go okay. to graphicscreenfashion.com, F F F F F rank.com or great fucking screens.com. Look, cleaning screens is no fun, but Easy Way makes it funner. Their line of eco friendly chemicals will help you keep your screens and your shop your face. Hey, so check them out at easyway.com. Easy way. It's the easiest fucking way. Action Engineering makes all kinds of accessories printers need. Go to actionengineering.com to have a look and then use Shirt Show at checkout. And if you've never used this code before, that Shirt Show code, you get a one-time discount of 15% off. Let's say you used that code six months ago and now what? I mean, yes, you can still go to Action and get some dope-ass shit. But wouldn't it be cool if you could plug in another code and get some more money off? And guess what? SS103. Say that again. SS103. And that's good for the month of June. You can use it four times and you get 10% off. Hell yeah, brother. Did I say that? Like, did it make sense? It was beautiful. You're so, okay. you're so good at articulating things. Monarch Color makes ink that does what it's supposed to do. Learn more at monarchcolor.com. Ink better, print better, be better. Live Moss. We have uh, today's guest is uh, Mr. Barker, <laughs> Mr. Travis Barker. Travis, right. He's just got back from Italy from the from the big Kardashian <laughs> wedding. <clears throat> Are you playing the drums? Because it looks <laughs> like I'm just I having a seizure. <laughs> Hey Hayden, what's up, dude? Nothing much. What are you guys up to? Fucking looking at each other. <laughs> I will say it's it's much different actually like interacting with you guys instead <laughs> of just you know, I feel like I've seen you guys so much. That's guys, good. Are you are you a watcher right, or yeah. a listener? Uh I'm a watcher, so I'm on YouTube. Okay. But I mean half the time when you know you guys are in my pocket while I'm printing or something like that but that's what i like to hear <laughs> <laughs> the shop looks nice thanks yeah it's uh it's old for sure used to be an old grocery store uh mm-hmm. back in the 70s and they just never got rid of this uh bright green tile oh it's beautiful yeah got is some it? wood paneling <laughs> dude i know all about that shit this building is old as old as fuck and i had to like gut it and there was like weird, gross tile that we covered with uh, with wood floors. And I know all about like me and my dad just every day of like fixing this place. We would say it's character. Like anytime we did something and it was like 95% right, we'd be like, well, it's character. Because yeah. there's no way you're getting it fully right with the building this old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that 100%. <laughs> Are you are you renting that space or is it your like are you own it now? Nope, I own it. Hell yeah. Yeah, as of January. Nice. Yeah. How, how much space do you got? I mean, a grocery store is a big space. So um 
it was like, I don't know, it was like 2,400 feet, but, um, or sorry, 24,000. It was like pretty dang big, but then they split it into two and, mm. um, I just bought the portion that I'm in. So nice. I believe it's 17. Nice. That's awesome. You know who, you know, who else has, uh, their shop in an old grocery store. And I think it was an IGA is our buddy TC. So shout out to TC and shout out to shops that are in grocery stores. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. To, mm-hmm. Cheers to that. Does anybody ever come in looking for groceries or is that it's been a while? No. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> been quite a while. It used to be two stories, I guess. I mm. still, to this day, get people coming here looking for bait or like shotgun ammo or something. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this has been a, a screen printing shop um, for like twenty five years. So um, did it just? We don't have that. Was there, was there a was dragon there? there? No. <laughs> yeah. No. No. He's like, looks like I forgot to shut off the compressor. <laughs> like, well, hey, I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to introduce you um, to our guests, and this is Dylan's favorite part. So. Um, hang in, hang in there for this. I'll make it short and sweet. And um, so here we go. Today we're chatting with Hayden Barker of Hometown Printed Apparel, located in beautiful Douglas, Wyoming. And um, and so, dude, we I got this I got this box like, and Dylan did too. We both got boxes a couple of weeks better. ago. Mine, yours probably was better because mine was like beat up. And it had. Well, you got a unicorn. Uh, it came no a jackacorn. A jackacorn, sorry. I got a jackacorn. My box showed up and it didn't have, or I think it had a return address, but it wasn't from who. And so it looked kind of sketchy. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what this is. And so anthrax. I know. So I open it <laughs> uh, pretty slow, and um, I pull out the first piece, and it looked like this. For those who can't see. So this, it was kind of hanging out the box. It's just this pin, like shrap metal. Oh, and I'm and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> and then I find this piece. And then I put it together, like so. Pretty good at models. And then I put this guy on there. Uh-oh. Stick it in the hole. There it is. Uh, only it's missing one of its... <laughs> um, in shipping, it, it lost one of its antelope Horns. things. Horns, yeah. So we were we were joking last episode that it was a unicorn or a jackacorn instead, but thank you very much for this. And Dude, fuck um, yeah, I love it so much. But equally is is great was this letter uh, that you included, and I got mine first because I'm closer to Wyoming than Dylan is, and uh, and I I got home and I read it to him, and slowly we were and like, softly at candlelight. <laughs> well that's how it should have been read actually this this sort of letter because it was an incredible story and we thought that we've got to have you on as soon as possible so that you can share it well thank you guys so if you could just do that right now that'd be great (laughs) (laughs) no no i was i was uh yeah contemplating even sending it because i was like "Ah, i don't know nobody really cares about you know what what people have been through but no dude you know it was more of a more of an appreciation letter for you know what you guys do and, and all that so i think i, I think people 100 percent care 
<clears throat> about what uh, what you've been through because I think that's just it is is entrepreneurship. You know, owning a business is really fucking hard, and most don't make it. And when there's a story about somebody who did, and pretty much against all odds, well, then I don't know. That's inspirational. Mm-hmm. Well, the funny thing too is like me and Andy almost after every single episode call each other and we're like, "Fuck this! This is the last episode. I hate doing this shit." Um, and what? then, <laughs> <laughs> and then we got your letter and we looked at each other and we were like, "This is why we do this. This is uh, two hundred more episodes, bro." And then we high five through the phone. Nice. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so thanks for that. Yeah. No, but, I appreciate what you guys do. But uh no, dude, and seriously though, thank you for the for the jackalope. I do love jackalopes. Um and the letter was awesome. But uh tell us about you, man. What's going on at your shop now? How's how's things been? Uh things are good. Things are good. You know, we haven't had anything uh super detrimental happen in the last, you know, six months. So dude, do you have fucking wood to knock on right now? You don't say that shit out loud. Oh yeah, I know. I uh, yeah. If I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. So right, that's true. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Um, is it is it picking up for you, or is it how is it? Because I know it like for some shops, like for me, it's like it's busy, but it's not like that busy. But then there's a lot of shops I talk to, and they're like, "Oh my god, I need to send out work because I'm overflowing." Yeah, so we're actually super busy right now. Um, this last week was a killer. Um, and actually kind of the same way that you guys got your letters and like, let's do this. I'm revamped. Uh, when I got, you know, the message that you guys got the letter and you're like, Hey, let's, let's do an episode. It's like, Oh, hell yeah. Let's, (laughs) I I gotta keep going. So, um, but yeah, this, this week was a, was a burner and next week is going to also suck <laughs> so are i mean you, it's good money wise but it's yeah are you just working tuesday tough. through friday uh yeah yeah taking monday yeah it'll be weird for us well for me i leave tuesday so i'm or wednesday morning so i'm only going to be here tuesday next week so i'm kind of stressing right now that i'm only going to be at work for one day yeah yeah i don't know how you guys do it you know <laughs> take take off for more than a day or something. I just got done watching the uh, second um, episode with Bruce and Steven. And it's like, gosh, I can't wait to get to that point where I feel like I can leave the shop for an extended period of time. Yeah. It's a weird, uh, it's a weird thing. I feel like a lot of it is just making sure you have as much systems and stuff in place to, and good people to make sure it runs smoothly. Yeah. Which out in the middle of nowhere is that is hard to find. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. It's always um, something I have at least an opener and closer. So let's say I can't get away. Um, I it, it all started initially anyway with, I need somebody to be able to open and I need somebody to be able to close. Cause what if like at three o'clock, I've got to go somewhere and do something for whatever reason, who closes, like who locks up, sets the alarm and that sort of thing and make sure you know, everything's off. And so I just started there, you know, so I started, I, I, I found somebody that was of course already here. And I said, can you, you know, 
Hey, what if you close? Like, what if I, what if we made this list of things to close down the shop and you did it and I paid you for that, you know? And you said, yeah. cool. Yeah, let's do it. And so that's how it's kind of always been. And so I made this list and then he actually made this other list that was better. It was like a Google doc that you could always, you know, modify and change because things change over time. And so then we just, for a week kind of did it together, you know, just walked through the closing duties just to make sure like we'd have a water main to our, like to our washout and to our booth and to our hoses and everything, because one time um, we have the water main on and then somebody left the water on and, and, and you know how you have on a hose, you have a, like the nozzle, the squeeze nozzle thing. Well, yeah. it popped like the end of the hose popped. And then we got here and there was water every fucking all over the place. Oh, and so gosh. now we, we always close the valve to the water. That's just one of the things we do before we close. And yeah. um, we just kind of walk around and do all the things. And eventually you have somebody that can open and, and close. And, and that doesn't mean you're not going to be there at some point during the day, but just, you know, help you open and close anyway. Yeah. Well, and, and pretty much everyone here um, has, the ability to open and close, I guess, but it's, yeah, there's just a lot of, a lot of work. I feel like that's one of the things that's overlooked <laughs> with shops is like you said, Amy, like having someone make sure everything is off or just like properly put away at the end of the day. Cause like, I know for me and in certain situations that have happened here, uh, it's super important. So your fucking shop doesn't burn down or <laughs> your, water doesn't overflow all over the floor all night long or whatever so like i have that here usually it's brian or zach will go through and like unplug everything shut off breakers shut the water off like make sure all the doors are locked all that stuff i feel like that's super important should be a checklist oh yeah well and that's yeah the the whole uh shop almost burning down thing that uh that hits a little close to home no <laughs> Yeah, that's part of your story. I would love to hear, you know, like if we could. I want you to go back, start at the beginning, and let's hear, let's hear your story. Tell us. Oh, how you boy. <laughs> okay. So uh, I took over the business. So it was an existing business. Um, I worked at a screen print shop. I went to the University of Wyoming in Laramie. I worked at a screen print shop while I was going through school there. Um, in 2016, I was let go along with all the staff there. All and, the staff? Uh, all the staff. Yeah, I guess the previous owner just, you know, liked to clean house. Or I guess the <laughs> owner down there. But yeah, just every few years just cleaned house and got all new people. That's so weird. Yeah. So anyways, um, I'm a fairly competitive person. And uh, so when he fired me, I was like, I'm going to put this guy out of business. <laughs> That's amazing. And so uh, I, uh, I actually grew up in Douglas um, and I had heard that the, the guy here was looking to sell his shop. It's like very next day, called him up, said, Hey, you still looking to sell? He said, yep. Yeah. So I came up here, worked for a year. And then uh, we took over in August of 2017 step back for a second. Cause that's something that's kind of curious. Uh, so how do you go about you? You were buying an existing shop and how old was that shop and what was going on with it? Why was he selling? So, uh, he was just wanting to retire. Um, he had ran it, um, since like 1992 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was just a manual shop. 
Um, but so it was, wasn't at all what it is today. Then it was just a smaller no. thing. Yeah. So uh, this is kind of what I was hoping to get to. Um, I wasn't expecting to have that happen so quick, but you know, life happens. Right. So, um, but yeah, so anyways, uh, did you, you said you worked for him for a little while to get going and then bought it or you just bought it and then started brush. So I started working for him for a year, um, for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, I needed to figure out how I was going to make this work. Um, I did have to take out a loan and everything like that for it. Right. Um, and then I also wanted to kind of see how the shop ran, um, maybe, you know, contact some of those customers and, and make some of those relationships before everything was official and, mm-hmm. um, you know, try to make the transition as, as smoothly as possible for not That's only smart. myself, but like the, the, you know, the employees that we had inherited with them and the customers that we were working I think that's with. A, I think so. that's a really good move. I mean, I have, I think if you purchase or you acquire a business, another shop, let's say, and you merge with your shop and it's just like on one day that shop is, is what it is. And then the next day it's now your shop. I think that that abruptness too jarring. Um, yeah. For some customers are like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to go somewhere else. You know? I, I, so I think that if that's like the perfect uh, uh, way to do it because they sort of warm up, they sort of, they know they, they can say, Oh, well, he's already been there. Like Hayden's been there a year. So now that it's his, I'm cool with it. You know, I have been experiencing, in other words, it's going to be the same, you know, there's not going to be a lot that's different. Plus there's that also that right. like hyping, like someone trying to sell you anything is always like hyping up what they're trying to sell. You know what I mean? They could be like, Oh, it's just shop does this and here's the numbers. And you know, this, everything runs smoothly and oh, right. it's all perfect. And then you get there after you buy it and they leave, you're like, wow, this is a fucking shithole. Like, yeah, you working there, you got to figure out like what the kinks were and what was actually possible in that, in that space. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the previous owner did a great job of kind of, you know, walking me through everything, showing exactly what he, he did. Um, it was, it was a really smooth transition. Um, nice. so anyways, do you guys remember that eclipse that went through the U S back in 2017? I think so. Like, you know, pretty much. Oh, the yeah. Whole, oh, mainland. we actually, um, yeah, we went outside and we stared at the sun and almost went blind. Uh, no, <laughs> nice. we got the, we got the, I got, um, I had ordered some, you know, you get those goggles or those like disposable glasses practically where you can watch the eclipse. The pinhole and I, on them. Yeah. I think ours were broken because we're standing there staring at it and we're like, oh shit, like this, something's maybe it's not working right. <laughs> but, but i do i remember yeah. that yeah okay yeah yeah so um douglas was right in the center of totality so we had a ton of people coming in but what i'm getting at is i took over the week before that eclipse and that also happened fall right um, right during state fair which in wyoming pretty big deal yeah and that's that's held in douglas so did you do anything at those events or try to promote yourself at those events or you just were, it just well, happened to be at the same time you took over? Yeah. So I, uh, we printed a bunch of different Eclipse shirts for, we've got like a little bit of a retail here. Um, I'd say it would be like a large showroom, but um, so we printed some Eclipse stuff and, and 
most of the time we're doing a lot of the printing for the state fair, you know, all their groundskeepers or any events, that type of thing. So uh, we were ridiculously busy. Um, and then there's always a parade, you know, to start off the fair and a parade to end the fair. Everybody and their dog wants a shirt to wear during the parade. And mm-hmm. So it was, it was quite the start. Um, me and my wife were just like, this is going to be a lot of work, but look at all this money we're making. <laughs> and uh, it was, yeah, it was nuts. I mean, when I, when I graduated college, uh, you know, I had $11 to my name. So I'm like, any, any amount of money looks like a lot right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely know that feeling, especially early on, like not having anything and taking a really long time to get to where you're comfortable. Um, so how did it feel like when you went from working for this guy to all of a sudden hands the keys over, it's yours. How did that feel for you? Were you like super stoked or were you like, all right, well now the real work begins kind of thing. Um, I was super stoked for a weekend. You know, we, the deal happened on a Friday. So I had Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday happened. And uh, it was, you know, the, the employees that we had inherited were uh, less than cool with everything. Why? Um, well, I went, so the very first thing I did was I was like, I'm not going to rearrange or change anything until I own the place. So the weekend that like after we had signed papers and everything was official, I started, you know, making those changes and uh, yeah, the employees were just like, well, now we don't know where anything is and you can do this. And it was, it was frustrating. Um, It also sucked because, you know, I'm this 24 year old who my employees that I had had, uh, were like, they had kids that were older than I was. So right. <laughs> there's the, the authority thing that yeah, just never, do you, never. Do you think you would out. do it differently now? If you, if you could, as far as like how you handled the immediate changes after you owned it? Um, yes and no. Um, I, I feel like, I mean, there's a lot that I would change. Um, just, you know, hindsight, so making thing, making sure things are shut off or that type of thing. But um, the uh, the one thing I probably would change is you know probably trying to find new people earlier. That would be really the only only main change. What do you mean? Um, so they so they left and you didn't hire anybody initially no, to replace them. No, no, because we were we were so focused on trying to. Um, you know, get ahead or even at that point, uh, try to get caught up on our loans and, and our overhead was crazy expensive as far as that goes. So we were just focused on, you know, okay, well, we're going to have to put in the work, but at least, you know, we freed up some, some space as far as payroll goes. And I've had that um, same line of thinking before too, you know, uh, because, you know, in your head, you think, okay, great. I'm not going to have to spend X amount of dollars on, you know, people helping me instead. I'm just going to do all, I'm going to do their job too. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I I think that you can get away with that for a little bit, but what happens is 
generally anyway, is that your, any sort of growth or any, you know, everything like that is just slowed because you're, you're spread too thin and in your head, you think, oh, well, this is, this is okay. And I can, I can sustain this for a while. But reality is, is that you're just, you're working on too many things at the same time. And so the, cause I've done that exact same thing. And so anybody that's, that's in the, in their head, they think, well, I mean, I don't want to hire this person. It's going to cost 40 K or 50 K a year or whatever. And instead I'll just keep that money. Usually how it works is that that 40 K or 50 K you spend, you get back, you get back because you're, you're able to produce more, um, or get more business or, or actually work on, you know, keeping your, your clients happy and all these sort of things. And so it, it usually works out the other way. I was literally, I was literally thinking that exact same thing this weekend. Cause I think I'm going to put out a thing for our hiring another, uh, office person. And I just got to thinking about what Mark was saying, you know, you put in a dollar, you get $5 back. Mm. Like that's really how it should be when you hire somebody. It shouldn't be that you're hiring somebody and then now you just owe more money or it's going to cost you more money to have another Yeah, like person. you put in that, a dollar and the dollar is gone. Right. Like that person right. should generate you more money than what you're making now, because that's the point. Like you shouldn't just be using someone as a bandaid. Mm-hmm. They should be making your shop better as a whole. Yeah. So, and uh, we learned that a little late. <laughs> yeah. And we, it all takes time. We don't realize it until it's time it's too late anyway. So so what's your next milestone there? You, you bought the shop, people left. Um, what and then, next? So right after that, um, we had equipment fail. So, um, we had, so if the knock on wood, the only uh, piece of equipment that we haven't had go down is that, uh, chameleon manual press, which, kind of which, hard which, for that to have <laughs> which by the way, will never go down because it is built out of like a solid chunk of steel. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, now that you've said that it will just spontaneously combust. <laughs> like so. all the bearings will seize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, somehow I'll get like lead poisoning. Right. <laughs> but, um, so anyways, yeah, we had uh, a little brown dryer, um, and we had some panels going out of it and it was probably, I would say maybe a fourth of the size of this thing. Um, it was just tiny and we had to run. Was it like a Harco Brown where it was brown and tan? Uh, no, it was just straight up Brown. Okay. I had one of the old Harco Browns. Yeah. Yeah. But they, uh, um, they had like some of the panels going out of it, um, called Brown up. I said, Hey, uh, can we have someone come out here and take a look at this? They're like, Oh yeah, we don't replace the panels on that. I was like, okay, well, how am I supposed to cure shirts? Like just run them through slower. Like I'm <laughs> running them through like five minutes at a time. You got a hairdryer, don't you? Yeah. And so it's like, Oh, great. You know? And we didn't even know cause it was curing it enough to where the ink wasn't wet. It was gel. It was gelled, but it wasn't cured on the inside. Yeah. So the amount of, you know, people that we pissed off was incredible. That's you know, the worst. Have, that is seriously like my biggest in. fear out of anything that happens in the shop is sending someone shirts and having the ink fall off. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a fun feeling. So I remember, yeah, we did two big jobs in a row and, you know, at that time, it's like two big jobs were like 
200 shirt jobs that were like, oh my gosh. And we were manually printing it. And so I f- was feeling like Popeye afterwards and, and finally get done with it. And, you know, two days later, I have someone coming in and going, uh, this print looks like it's just falling apart. Like, and it's devastating because yeah. not only did you put all that time and effort in to do it, now you have to, re- you have to pay to reorder them and then you have to redo it. And then that customer is thinking shittily of your company because you had to redo the job. So it's just, it's a suck all around. Yeah. Especially in a small town like this. I mean, we're only, we've only got 6,000 people here. And so it's one of those, sometimes you hear things about yourself that you didn't even know type of thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, uh, so what did you end up doing about the dryer? So, um, we ended up getting, you know, new equipment essentially. Um, cause we couldn't get the brown dryer fixed. Um, we had some old, um, brother embroidery machines, which, uh, fun fact, brother doesn't make embroidery machines anymore. And so they, uh, we had one of, uh, we had three machines. We had, uh, two single heads and one three head. Um, two of the three heads on the three head didn't work. It was just the middle one, but there was enough space there that we could do like letterman jackets and stuff. Oh, so and you had, had the, you had three single heads. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The hard way. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, essentially, uh, well, the two single heads, uh, one of them started motor locking. So every time it thread trim, you would have to go up and rotate the cylinder uh, which is a nightmare. And then we also on the other single head had, uh, it started giving off this terrible odor and started smoking. And no, so, thanks. yeah. So by so, the sounds of it, all the equipment that the old, the other guy owned was just time for updating. It was. And, and he did amazing things with it. It was just, it was time. It was outdated. Um, yeah. And so, so you uh, went and bought a, a whole package. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, don't recommend doing that either, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. What year was it by now? When did you do that? So this was, um, we had all of our equipment fail like middle of 2018. And so all of our new equipment came in end of 2018. So like November ish. What all did you get for new equipment? So we went ahead and we got a single head and a six head embroidered machine. Uh, we went with Baradin and then um, got the sprint dryer. And um, we also had a Sportsman DX. So, yeah. Oh, nice. That's a big, that's a big purchase all at once for, how did yeah. that go? Uh that was a struggle. Like we didn't have any disasters necessarily in 2019 besides just, Oh my God, how are we going to pay this loan? Right. So nothing, uh, nothing's quite the motivator than, uh, Oh shit. We have to, we have to make this much by the end of the month just to make our loan payment. <laughs> but it, but it, so. it totally transformed your shop because you went from a manual shop to now an automated shop. And so you you could output, you know, 10 times as much or whatever, you know, and, and, and 
you know, in a, like a short period of time. And so you could actually get bigger jobs and, and compete on a whole different level. And so it had to have changed, you know, in that respect, it had to change your whole like business plan. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and frankly, uh, it changed a lot of, I mean, getting that equipment. Yeah. Not having equipment for like three months, four months really sucked. But once we got it, it was, it was amazing because now we could focus on, you know, all of the, all the orders that we took in were handwritten. Um, you know, what we would essentially do is just give somebody a catalog, say, Hey, pick out what you want, bring it back. And whatever the price that was in there, we just tacked on decoration fees and, you know, the bulk discounts and stuff came after, but uh, I mean, the way that the old owner had done it was he just did all this paper copy work orders and, and just put them in a pile. And then, um, you know, an accountant would come by once a week and do invoices and then send them out. And, uh, we found out really quickly that that, that was not going to work for it doesn't us. doesn't work but, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so after, I mean, 2019, nothing ser- super serious happened. Um, but in 2020, obviously COVID happened and that was really sucky. Um, and then, uh, I mean, we did have a, a really bright spot in 2020. Um, I had my daughter, so nice for first time dad. Congrats. Thanks. So that happened in April. Um, but in March, uh, you know, we're in the middle of COVID. We're trying to prep for this baby. Um, my dad has a massive heart attack. And so, um, he got taken to uh, Wyoming medical center up in Casper. So like 45 minutes away. And he was there for like a month. He had a quadruple bypass and, um, yeah, due to COVID, he was only allowed one visitor every 24 hours and it had to be somebody different because my mom had a cold. <laughs> she was, she was not allowed to go see him. So me and my brother every other day for about a month, just popped up there and spent the day with him. Watched right. Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that, and, you know, put that on top of having like 80% of your business just fall off the face of the earth overnight. That was and a newborn. Yeah. And a newborn on the way. Yeah. And, it was, uh, and press dryer embroidery payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. Was your, how was your shop affected with COVID? Was it just to just slow down a little bit or what did you get more business or did it die off? Um, so it, pretty much our business like died off overnight. Um, most of the stuff, that's the other thing that we're, we're still working on changing is, um, like I'd say 95, I would say probably closer to 99% of the the customers that the previous owner had were all net 30. So literally every single job that walked through the door, he was fronting and just hoping that the customer paid at the end. Um, so we're still dealing with that too, but, um, a lot of them, we're not going to be able to switch that because they're all government things. So like hospitals, schools, right. right. Um, 
that type of thing. But we uh, pretty much all the only jobs that we kept were essentially the hospital jobs and, you know, just printing masks and, um, you know, PPE stuff. And the nice thing with the hospital stuff or the government work is that you could have filled out the form to say you were an essential business because you were printing for hospitals. Yeah. Well, and we never closed. Um, there have been a few times when uh, we've been either threatened or um, somebody told us to close. And um, I'm kind of of the mindset. Uh, you're going to have to take me away in cuffs. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of like what we were. And I mean, I don't know if this is shitty or not, but I don't really care. Um, we immediately like looked up what we had to do to stay open. And basically there was a form to fill out to say you were essential deemed essential and it, you could get it like certified or whatever that said you were essential. And we wrote on there, like who we worked for, who we printed for. And, and we did like road crews and hospitals and, you know, essential workers, like we print for a lot of essential workers. So we, we just submitted the paperwork and we're like, well, let's see what happens. And then like a week later, we got it back saying like, okay, you can stay open. Like you're allowed to be open. So, yeah. I mean, obviously that's not all, like the, the letter said, basically like you're only really allowed to work for these people, but we fucking did anything and everything. And then we got busy. And if anything, we got busier because other shops were closed and then people were calling us being like, Hey, my normal shop's closed. Are you guys open? And we were like, yeah. So we got like more work. I don't think that's yeah. shitty at all. I think, I mean, we did the same thing. I think we closed for uh, like a couple of days, you know, and yeah. then I, and then I, I was at home and I'm like, you know, I, I can't do this. I think that, isn't it interesting? Like, as we look back, entrepreneurs are just business owners had a completely different experience through COVID than I think most people did. You know, we were, we were fucked. That's what they did. We were, right. And so we had no choice. Like people tell me stories. It's like, Oh, I stayed home for six months and stuff. I'm like, I can't even like relate to that. You know, it's, it was a completely yeah. different experience. We worked, like I said, we took a couple of days off and then I came back in here and then we actually worked harder than ever because we only had so many people here, you know, and then all of a sudden orders started coming back and you couldn't find people or couldn't get people. People wouldn't come in. It was like, we had such a different experience, I think, than most. Um, I'm just so glad I'm like in a manu a manufacturing space like this, where like we do have a smaller crew. What I really feel bad for were the people that like mm -hmm. owned like restaurants and shit. Like they got fucking dragged. Like they got mm -hmm. the worst because you got to think like they're totally relying on people coming in, and then they're like, no restaurants allowed, and then they're like, all right, you can have restaurants, but you have to have outdoor seating. And then like winters here, where it's like negative fourteen outside, it's like we can't have fucking outdoor seating. And then, I don't know, just tons of stuff with that. It's just so ridiculous. It's like, I don't understand how they kept it going. And there were a lot of them that didn't, like, had to shut down. So, anyway, you you got through COVID. Your dad has a heart attack. Yeah. What's next? So, then in October of 2020, um, we, uh, like, I went downstairs to grab some blanks or something and uh, saw that we had probably uh, two foot of water in our basement and that was devastating so we had what was in the basement uh so i had moved all of our there's the, the dragon. dragon again yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah we 
pretty much kept all of our, our back stock. We had 20 years of, you know, like previous owner would, you know, get a, an extra shirt here or there. We had a bunch of random stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of times with our like local high school, we'll keep white, gray, black, and uh, like royal blue shirts in stock. So we just had, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of shirts down there. Just, you know, for the cricket moms that come in and say, hey, do you have, do you have this blank? So we can kind of sell them that. Anyways, got down there, had just a shitload of water. And uh, so I immediately like called the city, called the plumber, tried to figure out what was going on. Um, the plumber was saying it was on the city side. And then the city was saying it was on the, you know, my side. And so there was that discrepancy. Um, and so we just leaked for a week you know, every day after work, um, I would go downstairs and we'd pump five, 600 waters or 600 gallons of water out of our basement every single day. So what was it? What was the, what was the problem? So it ended up being a, a city water main that had leaked. Um, and it had actually leaked out in front of our next door neighbor's business, like just the pipe had burst. Um, but I guess the way that they had done it there was just a like a path of sand Mm -hmm. right to my basement and so so did you end uh, up getting anything for that from the city like did they end up covering costs or did you get reimbursed for anything um so i had like right around ten thousand dollars worth of damage um and i fought with the city for like it ended up being like seven eight months before they sent me a check for a thousand dollars. And if I would have been, yeah, if I would have been at a, at a place financially to like take them to, you know, a court Small setting, yeah. yeah, that I would have such a, that. it's just such a kick in the dick when stuff like that happens, because you know, they're just going to screw you. Like, you know, they're mm-hmm. just going to like, they're going to get it deep enough where they know that you're just like, fuck it. It's not worth it's not worth going into further or like they know you don't have the money. Like you said to like get a fancy lawyer to like cover it so that it's just stupid. Like I'm dealing with stuff like that a little bit with certain things with like nice egg. And it's like, that's our like electric and gas, New York state electric and gas. And um, they do stuff all the time. where like, we have like brownouts here constantly, like power goes out or like, I don't even care if the power goes out. Like if it's just like instant shut off and it comes back on, like whatever the power went out, that sucks, but like whatever, but it's the brownouts that's that are the worst because all of a sudden everything in the building is like, and it's just like super low Mm -hmm. volt, like mid voltage. And it fucking kills everything. Like you could fry your computers or the press or the compressors or whatever. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like if it, if it fried every piece of equipment in here, I would probably, like have to argue with them for like years to get anything from it. And then again, like you said, they might be like, okay, well, you know, a million dollars of equipment got ruined. They'd be like, all right, here's like, you know, $25,000 for your problem. You know what sucks (laughs) worse? The worst about it for you is it was the city. I mean, you know, we collect 8% sales tax on every single order for our city. And Mm -hmm. 
you're saying, you're telling me that if I have some sort of flood because of your water, that you're not going to support us, you know, because if, if all the businesses leave the city, then where, where's their income from? You know I mean? I I just think it's terrible Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't come in and say, dude, sorry about that. You had 10,000 in damage. We got you. In fact, here's an, here's an extra 10,000. We need you to stay in business, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, when I kind of, I kind of told them that too, I was just like, you know, this is, this is pretty shitty. They're like, well, that's, (laughs) they do one of these. They're like, yeah. Well, what what the guy said to me was, well, that's the, that's the risk you take having a business downtown. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) okay. That's something we should do. That's something that like Christina mentioned Mm -hmm. to me was we should, uh, we should have some people on that helps protect these printers, like an accountant or maybe like a lawyer that would know better. You know what I mean? Like, this is actually something you can do. We should have someone like that on to talk about this kind of stuff and figure out what we're actually allowed to get and get fixed. Yeah, I, I got my, I know this is boring shit right here, but I just got my insurance, uh, business insurance renewal and it listed out, like it itemized everything that, you know, we're covered in all of our coverage. Right. And so I looked through it cause I'm curious. And as I'm going through, I'm like, I, there's some things on there that I didn't even know we had covered, which I'm, I'm stoked about. And there's other things that I, I think maybe you're missing. So I called my agent and we talked for a little bit about them. Um, one of the things that's really good is, is that on our policy, it has one year, like an entire year for loss of business, you know, like, so, so say this, this burnt down, obviously it's going to take maybe even a year to rebuild, you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. especially now with all the construction three times and, that amount. Yeah. Who knows? And so it's um, we have one year loss of income, which is really, really cool. Just things like that. If, if you don't have, like, what do you do? What if you, if it burns down and you have loss of income, what do you, what do you do for a year? I mean, how do you function? And so, I don't know. I was looking through all that stuff and I was curious. Uh, one of my questions was, is like, what happens if we, cause this just happened to us. We had a, we had a, um, a customer pay. I think I texted you Dylan about this because I, I got in a jam. We sent out our, uh, an invoice that had, you can enable or disable the credit card payment. And we sent out an invoice for them to see and it was this invoice was thirty four thousand dollars. I would never want anybody to pay credit card thirty four thousand dollars because for one, I've had that. You lose three percent. You know, yeah. that's a lot of money, right? And then also they can dispute. They can you could have a chargeback, and they could say, "Oh, we didn't get our shit." You know, fuck you guys. And so we're then you have to prove your case. You have you have to say, "Okay, well we have a purchase order, or here's an email, or we shipped it and they signed for it, and all this kind of stuff." It's just a hassle. And so we accidentally had sent that out, and they paid credit card. Um, and not, not just one card, but there was a few cards, like a few charges. Right. They had, they had to um, use multiple cards because. Yeah. Of right. And so I'm like, son of a bitch. And I called, uh, so I asked my insurance agent, I said, Hey, what happens if, am I insured for a chargeback? Like, let's say we sent out this, this stuff and they say, you know, and they refuse to pay or whatever. Um, do we have any sort of coverage for that? And he said, you have accounts receivable coverage for $10,000 but that's only in case in the event of something happens, like, you know, let's say we did have a fire and uh, they can, they'll, they'll get you for, um, they'll reimburse you for $10,000 accounts receivable. And you can change those limits, but it would just cost more every month or whatever. Right, right. So I thought to myself, well, there's gotta be insurance out there for, for this sort of thing. Like if you I feel like there's burned, insurance right? for everything is you're willing yeah, to yeah. fucking pay for it. That's just it. Mm-hmm. And so you decide, okay, well, cool. I can insure, I can get insurance for anybody. If they stiff us with a credit card or whatever, I can get insurance, but that's going to cost me every month. 
And so is it worth it? Because it doesn't happen really ever, you know? And so we, and because we protect ourselves, we don't, well, I, I had a conversation. I'm like, Hey, you know, remember we, we don't send out invoices. Uh, we don't want to accept credit cards or anything over 5k. It's just too much money. You lose too much money in fees. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it just happened. It just happened accidentally. And so what do you do? And the worst part know, is like 3%. <clears throat> Yeah. 3%, you know, on 30,000, 3%, that's like a thousand bucks, <laughs> you know, just yeah. gone right out, just right out of the gate before you even print anything. And so anyway, um, yeah, as far as insurance, maybe it's kind of re- review it, you know, take a look at, take a look at, Oh yeah. Well, I don't want to bore everybody with a bunch of insurance talk, but it, it's important. And the thing is, like I said, I'm dealing with some stuff right now where some equipment got ruined because of a brownout. And I, my insurance agent is actually my sister-in-law. So I called her and I was talking to her about it. And um, I mentioned it on the show before, but when I first got insurance for the building, I said, write me up a policy. I want insurance for the building. And then she came with the policy and I was like, how are you going to fuck me? And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, if something happens in this building, how is the insurance company going to fuck me? And she's like, well, actually in the policy here, like if your whole building doesn't burn to the ground, like if only half of it does, like we're not paying because it's not a total loss. I was like, well, that's fucking me hard. I was like, rewrite this thing and bring it back to me where like, if anything happens, I'm covered. She's like, okay. So like my payment went from like 200 bucks a month to like 600 bucks a month because I wanted to make sure that if anything happened, I was covered. So long story short, all that stuff gone. Um, I, I called her like two days ago and I said, Hey, this happened. This equipment is ruined because it got fried. Um, what, what can I do? And she's like, well, you could claim it on insurance cause you have coverage for it. Um, but there's a $2,500 deductible. I'm like, okay, well the equipment loss is probably like 10 grand worth of equipment. She's like, well, it's worth it. Um, because obviously you'll get like whatever, like seven grand, but you know, it could possibly raise your insurance rate. And I'm like, well, what the, what the fuck? Like, why even bought, like, why are we paying for insurance? If you're just going to get your money back by raising my rate, like uh, I pay insurance every month for however long with zero claims. And then all of a sudden you need a claim. They're like, you, you, you took money that you gave us. We're going to have to fucking raise that. We're going to have to jack that rate up. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's such a fucking scam. And it pisses me off. Like, it's like, dude, I can't. And she's like, yeah, you could claim it now. But like, she's like, just so you know, like, try not to have any more claims within X period. Because if you do, like, you, it's like not even worth anything. Cause like, they're like not you have you. control. Right. I'm like, oh, like, what, what's the <laughs> fucking point then? Like, you, well, here's what you do. It's just a racket. Here's what you do. You claim a total loss, the entire building. Just like you said, right. you had written the policy. Dude, I'm just going to go like, through the whole building with a gas can and just let the fucker burn. <laughs> Give the fire department right down the road, like a 30 pack and be like, fuck it. Let it go. No, you just move everything into the woods. Yeah. Then you burn it suspicious down. suspicious at all. Yeah, I know. All right. the steel equipment is missing out of a fire. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just annoying. Like it's one of those things that just makes me want to like, I don't know. It just makes me want to revolt. It's so Hayden, noxious. people are listening and they're like, okay, there can't possibly be anything else oh, <laughs> that, gets, yeah. that gets in your way. The story is, <laughs> is over, right? So you told your story. Okay, yep. great. Yeah, so sunshine and rainbow since. <laughs> yeah. So we had employees quit, equipment go down, flood, heart attack, COVID, new baby, which baby's a plus. Hell yeah. But um, it's still a challenge. Yes. Yeah, I get it. 
still a challenge. We did at this point we had, um, you know, we hired a bookkeeper cause we were like, we need somebody to kind of keep on top of this stuff for us. Um, and my wife was doing embroidery. I was doing the screen printing. Uh, we found out that, you know, Hey, baby number two is on the way. And, uh, this is in 2021. So we go, we hire an embroiderer. She's doing amazing. She's, she's actually still with us. Um, but then August of 2021, um, we have a fire and it, yeah, it was at that point, that was one of the two pieces of equipment that hadn't failed me so far. So tell us about it. What happened? So, um, yeah, I ran up actually the computer that I am filming this on is the computer that I went up to Casper to get. There's no, you know, tech stores here in, in Douglas. So I have to go 45 minutes away to go get a computer. Um, went up, got the computer. I was going to set it up in my house, um, so that I could, you know, do artwork, send out invoices at home, maybe see my daughter grow up a little bit as opposed to, you know, being at the shop all the time. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, on my way back through Douglas, um, I was like, Oh crap. I forgot that list of artwork that I was going to work on. Uh, let me just pop into the shop. I've got the list and I've got all those invoices. So came back in whole place was smoky and I've got alarms going off. I've got the, um, you know, everything is just, it smells hot, that type of thing. So, uh, I run up, I see that our heat press has got probably four foot flames coming off, but, uh, and it's just, it's just a total shit show. So, uh, first time ever using a fire extinguisher, which I thought it was going to be like, you know, foam or something like that. This was just straight up dust and, uh, got that done, called the fire department. Um, and yeah, we were closed for the rest of the week. My mom but, said that when I was a real little kid, I used the fire extinguisher in her bedroom. Like I, I went in and locked the door and then grabbed the fire extinguisher and just fucking let loose on her bedroom. <laughs> I thought it would be more fun than it is. Yeah. I mean, I wanted it to like rocket me around. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not fun at all. Um, in Why fact, what, what like, happened with the heat press though? Was it just left on or what? Um, no, not, I, I don't honestly, I don't know. Um, most of the time we make sure that everything is off. I was in a rush this day. Um, cause I was like, okay, I need to get up to Best Buy before, you know, if I get up there right now, it'll be six o'clock. They close at like seven or eight. So I just need right. to get up there and get this done. So I personally didn't make sure that it was off. Um, but regardless of if it were, if it was off or not, it either kicked back on or it was left on. And the, it was, um, like the air pressured one. It was like one of those mm-hmm. big geo nights that has the two platens that shift. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, the actual cage that holds up the, the press, um, failed. And so it slammed down on the, 
So it was touching as it also turned on, was down. you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and it, it typically wasn't like on the security cameras, you can hear it just, mm. you can hear. You know what's slap. cool about them now, or at least if you have the they ones that off. are digital, yeah, they have a two hour. So like the, the digital ones anyway, you can, I can't remember if you can program different times, but it has an auto shut off. So like, if you just walk away from it, haven't used it for, I think it's two hours. It just shuts itself off, which is, yeah. I think every, every heat press would be, it would be awesome if every preset heat press had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what we have now. So mm. um, that's huge plus. <laughs> so, so the only thing that caught on fire was the heat press. Did anything in the shop catch on fire or? Just uh, I mean, we had a, we got really lucky. Um, Cause the heat press, I mean, it was just over there. The heat press pretty much went up in smoke and uh, we didn't even, I must've caught it right as it was, you know, the flames were getting as high as they were um, because we really didn't have that much damage um, aside from, you know, a little bit of smoke damage and obviously fire extinguisher dust everywhere. But yeah, that was, that was terrifying. And we had, I don't even know how, I mean, you guys can maybe kind of see my ceiling, but we've got those, you know, foam tile type things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Acoustic tile. Yeah. 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 And so that's what, uh, I mean, the flames, we had flames licking that. I don't know how it didn't just catch up on fire. This, the fire department was like, we got ridiculously lucky because this whole line of buildings is just essentially a tinderbox. So, um, good thing you came back when you did. It's like, oh, I'm glad I'm so forgetful. Forgot my artwork at the shop. Seriously. So, but yeah, so fire, flood. And then, uh, right after that, we had, um, like the day after the fire, uh, I had my bookkeeper quit and, uh, that was fun. Why did she quit the day after or he, uh, so she, she wasn't super happy with the way that I did things. And I guess she decided that the day after the fire was the right day to be like, Hey, um, if things don't change by tomorrow, I'm out. I'm like, okay. Do you she, want, can, she, can, can you specifically, what do you mean by, um, she didn't like the way you did things. I, I'm curious about that. Did so you, like, buy something and like throw a receipt in her face every day or what? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's me. You, like no, the, it up yeah. throw it at her like a basket. So she, she didn't know. So she was retired from the, she worked at the school. She was like a secretary at the school. Um, and I hired her as a bookkeeper. So just to kind of stay on top of invoices, but, um, she didn't like the way that, um, I prioritized jobs or the way that, um, you know, if, if something was going to be here in a week, she thought, well, if it'll be here in a week, then we need to get it done as soon as, you know, the job comes in. We just need to knock that out. She didn't understand the way that I scheduled things out or. So um, she, it so. wasn't specifically about her, how it related to her, because as a bookkeeper, um, 
you know, production doesn't really affect her necessarily. But when you say bookkeeper, right. were you in some sort of software? Like were you using a QuickBooks online or Pentavo or something like that? Or was it just real, like just bookkeeper paper and pencil type of thing? No. So it was, it was QuickBooks mm. online. Um, mm. And then while she was there, and I think this is probably now that I, you know, reflect back on it, this is probably what she really didn't like the most is we had switched over to Printavo. And so oh, I, I was, could see, I could see that now. Yeah. Jeez. So <laughs> I know, but um, yeah. So she was like, no, I don't, I don't, I, things need to change and they need to change by tomorrow. And if they can't, you need to tell me so that I can put in my two weeks. She didn't like the transition from QBO to Printavo because that's going to be hard, but once you get there, supposed to be easier. Right. And so right. how soon, um, how long had it been since you, since you switched to Printavo? Uh, about a month. Hmm. So yeah, it was, it was interesting, but, um, and there was a part of me too, and this is just me being a little vindictive, I guess, but there's a part of me that thinks that she just didn't want to help clean up after the fire. <laughs> hmm. Just, uh, I think I'm done. It's like, okay, that's fine. So she, she put in her two weeks um, or she asked if she should put in her two weeks. And I was like, ah, you know, I, I don't think two weeks will be necessary. Let's just, just do it now. you know, yeah, let's just get this over with. I've, I've done that, you know, song and dance before. And that makes for the worst two weeks ever. Yeah. They don't actually work that two weeks because they know they're leaving. Yeah. I think it can um, go either way. I've had that same deal where, you know, they've, they've stayed for two weeks and um, it's really beneficial because they wrap up a lot of their, you know, pending things or emails or customers or whatever it is. They write a couple of SOPs on how they do things. You know, it, it can go that way. Or like you just said, it can be sort of awkward, you know, and it's just we're sort of like dragging this out instead of just like ripping off the bandaid and, moving on, you know, you're dragging it out. And so I think that, I think that it's a, it's a tough decision. And whenever I look at it, I always look at like payroll, like, okay, well, when would it be convenient? Okay. So payday is this day. Why would you work one day past payday or anything like that? So I try and time it. So it just works out perfectly. And also, you know, other people are, are sort of watching. And so they know that, oh, when I put my two weeks in, he's going to let me go that day. And that could be bad because, you know, they're trying to plan on their end of things and when they're going to start their next thing or whatever. And so I think it's tricky. I think that you really have to, I think everyone's different. I think every, every, every person that puts in their two weeks, I've handled it differently. You know, it's not, I don't think there's just like a, a cookie cutter way to do it. it it's complicated. You know, right. that, that exit, that breakup right there is complicated. So how well, did that, how did that work out for you though? Was it better that she left like in the long run because you did things differently with your uh, like setting up invoices and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it ended up working out, and, um, you know, we're still on, you know, good terms and everything like that. It's just, uh, it's just frustrating when, you know, there's, there's not a lot of people in the hiring pool here and right. you finally get somebody that you feel like you mesh with and then they come in and they're like, yeah, I don't like the way you do things. And, they need to change tomorrow or I'm out. It's like, yeah, oh, I feel like need a little bit of a breather. I'm in the same <laughs> kind of boat as far as like, uh, like small town stuff and getting people in. But 
what I've found over whatever, 12 and a half years now here is that if you get somebody in that has kind of like a toxic vibe to them and it's just like, I don't like what you're doing or I don't like how this is run. And you know that that's what you're doing is better for the company. And it is better because you've like done the research and everything else. And like getting Printavo for you was probably like a good step, like a, like a real good thing for the shop. And you knew you needed that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like from what you've said, you're getting away from like paper invoices and just like shitty ways to do things. So for her to not want to do that, I feel like would have turned toxic. And I know, like I said, from experience here, it's just like every time you get somebody that's in like a toxic thing, it's kind of better to just like get it out of there anyway, and then start fresh. So, Oh yeah. Well, and we're with the, with the, you know, hiring pool, not being that big. I mean, my main focus is trying to get, you know, a tight knit group of people that we can, automate what can be automated but really it's all of us just kind of working together and becoming a a cohesive unit essentially i mean i want this place to be a a home away from home for for people i mean i know it's been my home pretty much you know i'm surprised my wife hasn't divorced me yet as many times as i've pulled all-nighters or you know been here till three four in the morning or we got a second baby now right Yep. So the, uh, the late nights have pretty much come to an end, but the early mornings have been my new thing. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my, that no was always my thing is I tried to, I always tried to come in after they were asleep so that it was like no reason for like yelling at me for anything. Cause like you're asleep. What do you need me around mm-hmm. for? Yeah. Um, but uh for cuddling you know spooning yeah yeah there's that yeah um okay so there can't possibly be anything else that happened right well nothing uh nothing that i can think of other there's two more i can think of them i know your. i think i know your story better than you (laughs) probably (laughs) probably read it a lot closer than i did yeah so there's i know there's this thing with uh with with uh um oh a, a, an engine car engine oh yep okay I um, there's I also that. one other thing with um the c word the c word oh god that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> where, no where are we going uh, can- here cancer oh yeah okay if yeah, you don't want to share so, that you don't have to i, I no no that's you know, like we can be done it's just no, that the story fine. keeps going. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll get the, I'll get the, the C word out of the way here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, I, uh, so in 2020, um, I also, I mean, it's been, it's been on my back for years and years, but I've, I've got this, this, you know, scary looking mole. And so, uh, my wife was just like, you know, you need to get that checked. We don't have a lot of work. You know, we've got insurance. Let's just, just get it in and get it checked while we don't have work. It's like, okay, fine. So I go in, I get a couple of like skin tags removed or whatever. And doctors kind of joking around like, Oh, you know, Wyoming doctors, I think are a different breed because they just like make fun of you the whole time. 
<laughs> he's like, he's that Tom Segura skit where he's talking about how his yeah. actor's talking about him being a piece of shit. He, yeah, exactly. So like they cut off the skin tag and they're like, holy cow, like rolling it back and forth. They're like, here, you you take a look at it, you know, that type of thing. And uh they're like, Well, is there anything else that you need us to take a look at? I was like, uh actually, yeah, my wife wants you to take a look at this like mole on my back. And uh they went from joking around to like dead serious in just no time at all. And so, yeah, then they, uh, yeah, they got that taken off, biopsied it. Um, in the next couple of weeks, they were like, we need you in ASAP because, you know, this thing is right on the verge of spreading. It's, you know, we've got some melanoma here. We just need to get this. So what, what was it like, not to get super personal, but like what made it like really sketchy looking? Uh, apparently it was, uh, it wasn't raised, which I think is a, a red flag. So if you guys have any raised moles, be a little bit, uh, leery on that, but it, so, it was so just, raised it was large. Bad or just flat on your skin is bad. Well, mine was flat on my skin and it ended up being cancerous. Cool. But I have one uh, on my leg that I'm like, this motherfucker's getting bigger. <laughs> yeah. See, and I, I never really noticed it getting bigger, but my wife did. And it had a lot of like irregular borders and it was, you know, a little bit different colored. <laughs> so anyways, got it checked out um, and they got everything, but yeah, they took out a chunk probably about that big out of my back, um, which not fun, especially hearing, you know, the, you know, you just, they like solder your, your skin and, you're awake for the whole thing. They give you like 13. They give you a wooden dowel to bite on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or they grab like it from a different piece of skin or something from somewhere else. Uh, they should have, um, but they didn't. They just stretched it. <laughs> so I've got this big like dip in my back now. But they, uh, yeah. So it was kind of funny too because they gave me, and you know, I, one of my worst fears in life is just like shots, needles. I hate it. I hate that worse than anything. Mm -hmm. And so they started giving me shots of um, like the lidocaine or whatever in the back. And, and I'm just like, okay, there's one. Okay. There's two, there's three. And I'm like, how many of these are there? Like, Oh yeah, there's a ton. It's like, how fast does this stuff work? Like, Oh, pretty quick it's like can't you just wait for like five minutes let the area kind of numb up a little and bit then and do the give, rest yeah <laughs> they're like oh we haven't really thought about that we never <laughs> even thought about that ever i'm like are you kidding so yeah it was like probably eight shots in they're like should we try this I'm like yes for the love of god please <laughs> so so yeah got that all taken care of um and then, uh, actually the, the day of the fire. So in August, um, we, so we had the fire, got everything kind of taken care of with that. And, uh, my wife calls and it's like, Oh, by the way, um, I'm stuck on the side of the road. Uh, this, the car won't start and yeah, had our engine totally 
low, had a head gasket, just decided to to go a wall, and so yeah, had the fire engine go out. I mean, it's just yeah. I feel like I may have even left out stuff on that list because you know it's too painful it's like got, to think about again. I know, like oh yeah, that did happen. Oh yeah, I got electrocuted. That was fun. Totally forgot about that. But uh, you have my wife. Uh, we were here late one night. This before we had kids, before we had any employees. Uh, we still had all of our old equipment. And I was going to plug in a heat press and uh, used up uh, one of the old, just, ex, you know, extension cables that the previous owner had. And apparently it wasn't grounded right. And I grabbed it and that thing grabbed me back. <laughs> and so I uh, mm-hmm. let out like one of those, like, <laughs> and my wife, like, she was laughing and she yeah. like kind of came around the corner and was just like, what was that? I was like, I just got the shit shocked out of me. She goes, what are you talking about? It's like, did you not hear me? She's like, Oh, I thought you were just trying to be funny. Like, no. She's like, I've never heard you make that noise before. Like, yeah, that's, that's your husband getting fried. <laughs> we had, we have uh, the, we have whips that go down through the presses and then we have them come out on the floor. And then we have like big, like, you know, like commercial plugs for the flashes to plug into not a twist lock, but like an actual like plug to chunk it into. And on the sportsman, Bill had to like move the flash one day or something or whatever. And he, he grabbed the box and he grabbed the plug. But when he grabbed the plug, his fingers were like kind of under the plug. And when he pulled it out a little bit, his fingers like fully contacted with the, like the, actual plug and he said the same thing like he literally was like he said his whole body locked up and he like couldn't let go he was just like for a solid couple seconds just like like yeah (laughs) oh yeah just like it's hard not to laugh when he's telling the story but it's just like yeah dude it's fucking terrifying and i was like fucking dying laughing in his face um but oh yeah yeah it's just one of those things like it's not great all right, no. so Hayden, Hayden, I think that's it, right? I mean, as far as major, yeah. okay, yeah. If if okay. anything else happens, I'll let you. Know, but cool, keep us updated. <laughs> right. And I have, so I have this again with this book, right? Liam Floodpole Man. This book is it's amazing. You know, we it's had last year was we had book club. We read twelve books. They were all really good. I so wish this was was one of them because I think um, I just want the world to read this book. And in it, though. Uh, there's like this little diagram that I think sort of pertains to to your story. Yeah. You asked me specifically last week to never let (laughs) me. I'm not reading anything. No, 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 no. I'm not reading anything. Are you sure? I I feel like this is like, I feel like this is like an A (laughs) thing. um, Andy, Mm. are you sure Um, you want to do this right now? Well, you know, here's the thing. Like the story is beautiful, but my reading wasn't. And so I deserved, I deserved all of what I got. Uh, but I have this really short thing. Um, it's a diagram more, and I think it pertains to your story. And I really like it because it says, it says this. So having a plan is great, but don't fall in love with it. And then, and it looks like this. I don't know if you can see that. And then no, I, you it turn like it upside down. <laughs> you turn it upside down because the next, next thing is, it's, it says sometimes shit hits the plan. Isn't that, isn't that a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful saying? Nice. Because 
you have this plan, shit goes wrong. And what are you going to do? And so it says, let me hold on. The next thing is it says, remain steadfast and resolute in your goals, but be flexible, ready to make it up as you scrap the plan together. Um, retool, get back at it with no loss or vigor, traction or enthusiasm in short improvise. And so I think that's really important. Like if, if you're, that's just sort of how it goes, isn't it? I mean, we have this plan, we start a business, we think we, we know how it's going to go, but it just never does. Like it just never does. And so things get in the way there's speed bumps or there's setbacks or there's fires and floods and too bad the flood and the fire didn't happen on the same day, but it didn't. And mm-hmm. then there's your, your engine, you, you blow a gasket, you have kids, you know, all of these things. And I think that probably the most important quality of somebody who is going to be successful and actually uh, not close their doors and keep open and, and grow their business is, is the, is I guess the ability to adapt and problem solve and work through those things and not give up and say like, fuck it. It's a, you know, this happened, but it, it, it's okay. You know, like it's going to be okay. And, and you, and you didn't give up and you kept going. And so proud of you, man. Cheers. Congrats. Hey, thanks. Yeah. 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 It's Same. been, it's been a wild ride, but the best, the best part is that you're still doing it and you're busy as fuck mm. and you're mm. on this podcast with us talking about all the shit that happened. Yeah. So. No. And it's, it's amazing. And I really do appreciate you guys letting me, let me come on here because, um, the one thing that I'm, I'm hoping that if anybody can get anything out of this is that, you know, um, I mean, the last episode that I just, you know, watched or listened to was the, that second episode with, Bruce you know, and Bruce and Steven. And, uh, um, we had Andy that read that story <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's like my motto is nothing is as good as it seems, but nothing is as bad as it seems. So, um, even when, even when things go terribly, terribly wrong, um, we've had a few moments where we were like, well, I guess, I guess this is going to be real tough to come back from, or this might just do us in. We've had three or four of those. Um, you know, a lot of times it's just really, you know, putting your elbow grease into it and mm-hmm. just fighting your way through. See, Andy, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm apologizing now. Your story touched somebody. <laughs> One person. All right. <laughs> I mean, that's all, all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. That's that's all it needs. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I I had a few people. They no mind. I had a few. They know mind that it was in Douglas, Wyoming. <laughs> that's fine. Hey, I'm, that's fucking, okay. I'm in Whitney Point, New York, man. I'm I, there's like 700 people that live here. So that's the craziest thing, isn't it? Like that's so what's so cool about um, now and just being able to record um, just a few people talking is that it can reach anywhere in the world, anywhere. It's really I don't know. It's really incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the um, I don't know. I think that's all I have for that. Do you, Dylan? No, I mean, I thought just like, like I said, I thought your letter was super, uh, just inspirational to be able to just like shit like that happen and just be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just keep doing like, you know, you just take it as it comes. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, man, for like still Mm -hmm. kicking it and doing awesome. And like, just looking behind you, the shop looks awesome. Um, thanks. You're getting after it. And, uh, that's all, man. I think that people just, like you said, like, I think people just need to hear that, like, 
shitty stuff happens. I feel like the, a lot of there's there's people out there that like one heavy duty shitty thing happens to and they're just like that's it like i'm done i don't know how i can keep going after this and it's like your story was just like fucking kicking the nuts after kicking the nuts so and you're better than ever right now so yeah you know you got two two beautiful children a shop that's running awesome and uh you're you're living it yeah and i was messaging you and and you were like okay, cool. You know, I'm, I'm down. I want, I want to come on to the show. And you said though, like, I don't think I have any shop hacks though, that haven't been said. And I said, dude, I know your shop hack. You remember what I said? Yeah. It was like uh, <laughs> persistence or something. <laughs> yep. Same word. I, I, I said perseverance because perseverance. Yeah. Same, same thing is that your, <laughs> your shop hack is, is exactly that. It's just keep on trucking. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Keep on trucking. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, uh, my dad has a saying uh, that he's like, you know, Barker's rally. That's, that's all we do. We <laughs> rally. So we just rally. Well, obviously you do. So, yeah. So you're good. It's, it's not fun sometimes, but yeah, we're going to make it. Well, Andy questions well, for us. Actually, no, real quick. How's things right mm-hmm. now? Like, are you feel good? Is everything with the shop going good? I mean, I know you said you're busy, but like, is there anything right yeah. now that like you are in a, a bind on or, um, bottleneck um, with? I mean, bottleneck, I don't know. I mean, we just, so like I said, I've got me and one other full timer. Um, and actually now that summer has started, we've got three full time or including me, three full timers. So, um, we've got a high schooler that, that clean screens and stuff for us. But, um, really our bottleneck is, um, you know, getting quotes and stuff out to people. I mean, where I'm doing all of the screen printing and, and design work and transfers and whatever else we need there. And we've got somebody doing an office person. Yeah. We need an office person or somebody on press, you know, somebody that can do production and then I can do the office work. I mean, Either or, I mean, Printavo at least makes it easy to where, you know, we can have other people quote out jobs accurately and, and we can keep track of all that. Maybe stuff. you get something like Graphic Source to help with all the artwork and then you'll have more time for invoices and just shop work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Graphics has helped out a ton. Um, I think I actually put that in in the letters. You know, I, I was unaware of Graphics, I was unaware of, you know, Frank um action i was familiar with but i wish i would have you know known uh, the the code before i went and ordered <laughs> you know new sets of platens and stuff like that but um no i mean that's what i'm talking kind of about as far as like automating and, you know right. all of the stuff that doesn't need to necessarily be a person you know, have a human there yeah. um i'd like to automate especially with you know as, as little of a because they don't come to you the cool. next day and say hey i'm sick of your shit i'm out of here right yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so well and and it's yeah especially with covid in, in this small town um we had a lot of people that you know got crickets and they were like oh we're starting up these businesses and well we got to support our local business and so i'm going to support you know 
Jane down the street who got a cricket yesterday. It's like, well, I've been here for, you know, five years. And before that it's been here for 25 years. So appreciate you guys, you know, looking out for me here. Don't forget <laughs> about you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so before like, we get to questions for us, I found mm -hmm. a picture of the eclipse and probably why I said that about, as the first time I've ever noticed that it wasn't an eclipse yet. And it was just the sun. Mm -hmm. But we're staring at it. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, it happened during like the, it was, I want to say it was like in the morning or it was in the you know middle of a work day. Yeah. We all went out and stared at the sun. Um, but yeah, questions for us. Do you have any? Um, I've got a couple actually. Um, notepad. I know. Right. <laughs> Look so, at that fucking clipboard. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big clipboard guy. We've got like these, you know, magnets and stuff everywhere. I try to. <laughs> try to stay organized yeah but my dad was a basketball coach for years so oh so you got a whistle are... too oh yeah yeah if megan in embroideries not doing her job it's She's the only way she can hear me right hear me over the machines no mm -hmm. um so with with douglas being so remote um i mean we've only got six thousand people in douglas and we're one of the more populated cities in wyoming uh, we are starting to branch outside of the state a little bit and get work that way. Um, but I didn't know if you guys had, um, like if you guys have any experience with like social media ads or like the Google ads or like, I just don't know how to increase my web presence without doing the whole social media thing. Um, so you don't yeah. want to do social media. Well, I, I I'm fine with doing social media, but I, I, I'm not very good at it. I don't know how to do it yet. I, my biggest thing would, would be to say, and this is basically what I do here is social media for me is what this company is always kind of written on. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously we have a bunch of other business. Like we do have some local business and we do have like word of mouth business, which is great. But like getting new business has always been from social media because again, I'm in a super small town too. Like if I had to, live off local stuff i wouldn't i'd starve to death um so i think the, the hardest thing with social media for people to grasp is to just like forget about all the bullshit like forget about like making a specific amount of posts a day or uh trying to make it as like commercial as possible i think you just need to use it as what it's meant for is like social platform like if you post when you like during the day, if like you're doing something cool or you're doing something that like you want to kind of show off a little bit, take a picture of it and post about it and like talk about it. Like I said, for me, I might do a shorter thing. I might be like, oh, doing some shirts for blah, 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 my buddies and whatever. And like Andy's thing is like he'll write a fucking tell all book and then say at the end what he's having for dinner. Like people come yeah. to his post to hear about his day and people come to my post just to see like what I'm printing. Or what I'm doing. And the thing is, is like doing that more and like just like commenting on people's posts that you respect or like DMing other shops or DMing cust potential customers that it's something you want to talk about or that you're into will definitely bring in business. So I think social media could work out really well, but you just actually have to use it as what its intended purpose is, is to be social. Like you can't just yeah. post stuff and be like, I'm just waiting for people to show up. 
Like, yeah. That's not how it works at all. Like you just need to be active in like using the platform. Um, but other than that, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I think, like I said, <laughs> word of mouth is like, is cool and you could try like the whole SEO game and whatever, but I feel like like Google ads and all this other stuff is like, it's just a money suck. Like it'll work, but you have to put a lot into it. Yeah. Like see, and that's just, what we've ran into. I feel like if you just have something in your shop that like you're really proud of as far as like a niche market that you're into, I would just focus on posting and talking about that. And then you're going to get a lot more of that back to you. Especially yeah. if you say you were into, I don't know, say it was comic books or whatever, and you printed some comic book designs, you could do a paid ad on Instagram that was targeted toward people that like comics or comic book shops or businesses that are comic, whatever. And then eventually, like, you're going to get more and more of that business because they're going to see it and they're going to be like, well, I have a cool shirt of a fucking, I don't know, like a Pikachu doing this or whatever. They're going to be like, well, I know this shop just did like a couple of things like that and they made it look really awesome. So I want to work with them. Yeah. That's kind of how that snowballs into getting more and more outside work. Because like I said, all of our business is outside work. Like it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. See, and that's one thing that, you know, we did, we've recently updated our website. So with COVID, we decided to get some retail on our, on our website. And I will say uh, one of the shirts um, like one of the shirt designs we did may have saved our business because we just sold so many of them. Awesome. Um, we just, we had like Wyoming socially distanced since 1890 or something <laughs> like that, you know? Perfect. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, uh, I've recently switched that over because now the retail on our website just doesn't make sense. So we were with Shopify. Now we're working with Squarespace and, and now it's more of, you know, showcasing like our custom work. And, um, we have gotten quite a bit more business from that just by switching that over. Um, but yeah, I'm still trying to figure out this whole social media thing. I don't have, um, the exact formula for (laughs) increasing your presence through your website or Squarespace or anything like that. But I know that there's lots of YouTube videos that do a very good job of that. The part that I would add or the advice that I, that I have anyway, is that we're not in a small town. We're in a, in in a town with a 2 million people, you know, metro area situation yet social media is also just as important. It is for you guys. I mean, you're in a small town and you want to reach further out. We're in a, a larger town, but we need to be relevant in our town because there's lots of competition here. And so Mm -hmm. like, why would somebody come here over the other, you know, 30 shops. And so, um, I think social media is equally as important. I I think that, um, whenever it comes to, uh, marketing and getting people to notice us, I've always done a couple of things. I've always sort of reversed engineer it in that, where are people paying attention? Where are the eyes at? Are they, is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it TikTok? Is it LinkedIn? I've just recently discovered that like I went on LinkedIn because I talked to somebody that who used to work here and she is now a recruiter for an industry. And I I reached out to her because I'm like, Hey, you're really like, that's your thing. You do this every single day is recruit people. And I need to recruit people. How do I do that? And she's like, I'm like, what's indeed like, and all this kind of stuff. She goes, no, 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 LinkedIn. And so I recently went on my LinkedIn, which I hadn't been on in like four years or something. And did you notice I was there or something, Dylan? Is that why you, you're you, you added me, remember, like a oh, week yeah. ago? And yeah. I, I wrote, hey, fuck you. 
And then he, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what I said back, but I was like, um, oh yeah. So I'm like, okay, wait, I need to, I need to go to LinkedIn and start uh, um, showcasing our company, not just because I want to attract and recruit some talent, but also holy shit, there's some decision makers there. There's people that, there's a lot of businesses there or people that are in positions at their business that will, you know, that need my service. And so, so I, I've noticed that that's a really great spot. And so I'm going to go heavier into LinkedIn and less into like Instagram, for example. And so um, anyway, I think it's important to go where people are looking, where, where are people paying attention? Are they paying attention like you just said, should I be running Google ads? Should I be on a billboard? Should I be, where should I be? I don't know in Wyoming, you know, like, where do you see stuff? Like when you're going about your life, what, what do you notice? And then, um, and observe where people uh, are noticing things. And so that's, that's kind of where I've, I've been going. And so, because I think it changes. I think that it used to be Instagram. Like I was all in, I would be up at one in the morning when I couldn't sleep on Instagram, working it, whether it was, like Dylan said, following people that I respected, hopefully they would, hopefully they would follow me back and just building that whole platform because that's where so many people went and that, and I had such great reach and then it just went not so, not as good reach, not as good reach, not as good reach. Not as good reach. And so I think it's shifting and where is it shifting to, uh, where's the next thing? Um, that's what I'm always trying to find. Uh, and mm -hmm. so that, that would be my advice is just, is just sort of where, where's people, where are they paying attention? and go there and it changes you have to evolve you can't just ride out one for forever oh yeah correct yeah and we have been doing doing a lot more with social media but um that's actually super encouraging to hear that you know just keep at it oh yeah definitely it takes a long time yeah so well and it's yeah two people here with mm -hmm. and i and i'd say we're you know i mean we're definitely not a, a mid-sized to large shop but you know, we can, we have a lot of work that comes through the door and yeah, it's uh it's, it's a lot. Don't just show work after work after work though. Like show behind the scenes show like, what are you guys are doing? Like people love that stuff. It's, I feel like people like that more than like, I might post a picture of a shirt that we print in people. I get like a decent amount of likes, but I could post a picture of like me doing a fucking cartwheel in the office. And I'll get way more <laughs> likes on that than I will anything else. Yeah. That's and that true. is not a real post. I could not do a cartwheel to save my life. So, um, well, now I want to see it. Right now, I have to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you have any other questions? Um, I mean, not really. The only thing that I have here is, um, how do you guys go about uh, recruiting people? Uh, I know that we've that it's been one of those things that we've you guys have talked about in previous videos and like how to how to get people you know how to get people that have had industry experience versus training somebody brand new um pretty much my only option at this point is training somebody brand new but yeah, yeah we talked um, about this a little while ago um and like i said i'm about to do it again but i feel like the best success i've had with getting applications was the paid facebook uh what is it even called, Andy? Was it like job search thing on Facebook? Yeah, you can do a job posting and you can boost it. And I think that works well, but I think it sort of depends on who you're looking for. So are you looking for somebody in production? Um, because then I would recommend Facebook and also probably Indeed. 
But are you looking for somebody, for example, that maybe is a client success manager or somebody in HR or somebody in design, uh, like a graphic designer? Because then I think you would, I think LinkedIn is where it's at. I think that she was right. I think, you know, you can go on to LinkedIn and pay for a recruiter status. And so that gives you access to people who are looking for a job and you are then the employer and you can, you can do all kinds of searches and, um, uh, and fine tune it and things like that. So I think, I think it all depends on who you're like, you know, what position you're trying to fill. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that's super helpful. Thank you. Yeah. All right. You ready for some quick takes? So ready. Okay. Andy, you're up first. I am. I am up first. So, so Hayden vacation or staycation. Uh, definitely at this point, vacation. Where are you going? So let's go <laughs> anywhere. No restrictions. I mean, no restrictions. My wife has been really into wanting to go to like Iceland, Norway, that type of, that type of trip. Um, I've never been out of the country. So I think that that would be, you know, an awesome thing. Pretty but, awesome. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely more of a, you know, we've got tons of mountains and stuff here. Uh, if I'm going to go vacation, <clears throat> I'm going to go someplace that we don't have here. So I'm going to go to a beach of some sort. Somewhere so, flat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, messy desk or clean desk? I'm a, definitely a messy desk person. <laughs> yeah. But do you know where everything is? Is the question. Um, I'd say like 75%. That's a no. That's a no. Just yeah. say no. <laughs> You know, I should uh, probably, yeah. we could, we could update this question because I am a clean desk, messy drawer person. <laughs> Ooh, see, I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm messy desk or what'd you say? Messy desk, um, clean drawer, clean yeah, desk, like the desk. If you're looking at my desk, it's really clean and not cluttered, <clears throat> but then you open my drawer and it's like, I have no idea what's in there. Just a pile okay. of shit. Yeah. Mine's the exact opposite. You look on top of my desk and you're like, this guy is having a mental breakdown. <laughs> but you go in the drawers and you're like, oh, everything's organized in here. What does it say about you if you don't have drawers? <clears throat> Put some pants on. <laughs> nice. Good, good answer. Uh, okay. So test the waters or dive in the deep end. I feel like I know the answer to this one. Yeah. This one's dive in the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I mean, half the time I don't have a plan. We just roll with the punches and. The only plan I Wait, had was uh, when there was a fire, knew where the fire extinguisher was. That's a good point. I think to that have. Uh, maybe now that's true, but <clears throat> thinking back to your story, when you said that you, when you, when you purchased, or I guess before you purchased the shop, yeah, that was you a went test there. Of waters for sure. That was a test of waters because you spent a year sort of before you acquired fully legally, I guess, the shop. So maybe right then. But the equipment buy was a dive in deep. There you go. Yeah, true. So. Yeah. Well, and to be honest with you, if I would have found somebody that would have loaned me the money, you know, without any paperwork or anything like that, uh, it probably, I probably would have just dove right in. <laughs> like I was that determined. That's, that's kind of how funny it is. It, you know, you jump in when I got into the business, my whole thing was, I know how to run the business. I, you know, I went to school for graphic design. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, put this guy out of business that fired me. And now 
he's like not even a second thought. I'm just like, Oh gosh, you know, I need, I need to focus on what's, what's ahead of me and, you know, keep my head above water. So now being in business this long, do you feel like he was making the right decision with how he ran his business or is your mind changed okay. at all? Um, the previous owner or my the guy boss? that you were like, fuck that guy. Oh, uh, no, I still disagree with him. Um, <laughs> but I, I am a little bit more like, okay, I understand why he was the way that he is. Uh, I still don't think you need to be such a dick, you know? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Don't be an so, asshole is a good good quote to have. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Crunchy peanut butter or smooth peanut butter? Crunchy, but my wife likes smooth, so we never have crunchy. But do you put jelly with your peanut butter sandwiches or just peanut butter and bread? Oh, definitely jelly. Oh, okay. yeah. Fuck that shit. No, just peanut butter. What? Crunchy peanut butter on white bread. <laughs> Oh no, no. Sometimes you gotta, you know, go peanut butter, a little honey, banana. Gross. Oh man, you're missing out. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Speaking of jelly. hungry. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, what's for lunch? Oh gosh, I don't know. Probably, probably leftover spaghetti. Spaghetti and meatballs, or just sauce and noodles. Uh, sauce, noodles, ground beef, not okay. not meatballs, meat sauce, meat sauce. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's my uh, my my grandpa has a ranch up in Montana. He's he sent us down some some beef and nice. It's good. Score. What do you Helped have us through COVID? I don't even know. I have zero idea. Probably Baron's? like pizza. Not a Baron. No. Mm. It's I mean it's Saturday afternoon. I I don't know. Mm. Something. We'll figure it out. I'll filter feet off the air. Maybe hot dogs. Did you see the hot dogs in the thermos? Yeah, I did. I posted it on our social. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you get a thermos, boiling hot water, water and put hot dogs in it and take it to work with you. (laughs) Yeah, that is is awesome. Perfect. Well, Hayden, uh, thank you for sharing your story and um, and for not giving up. And have a good rest of your Saturday. Yeah, dude. Appreciate <laughs> it. You too, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Have a good one. See ya. See ya.